Hello guys and welcome back. Whew, it feels like it's been forever. I know it's been a few weeks since the last episode and I want to apologize for being a little bit MIA. There's been some traveling, there's been some life issues, there's been a lot going on and I have to be honest with you, um, after all of the stuff that I preach... <laughs> daily about being super positive and um, balancing your life and manifesting and all this stuff that you know I'm always talking about I have to be honest with you it is difficult sometimes to practice what you preach and these past weeks have definitely been a reflection of that I feel like I've been all over the place with my thoughts and life and decisions and um, I just wanted to apologize but we are back on track and uh Let's get started with this week's episode. So this week, let's talk toxic lovers and how to get over them. So I was having brunch the other day with a good friend of mine, and we went into the topic of dating and how we've both had experiences with toxic people. She mentioned to me that there was one of her exes who was a top-notch toxic narcissist. Whew, that was a mouthful. But somehow she'll always wonder about him or wonder how he's doing from time to time. She knows that he's not good for her and will never be the person she needs, but she still seems to not fully be able to get over him. She asked me to elaborate more on this in an episode as it seems super relatable to many people and I can imagine this is totally true. First off, you're definitely not alone. There's nothing wrong with what you feel and you're not dumb, helpless, or irrational. You're human. I used to have a nasty habit of only, only going for toxic and emotionally unavailable men. Like literally the bigger your red flag is, like just wave it right in my face because I'll go straight to you. I used to thrive off of that inconsistency and the fact that you're always left wondering what's next, if you're good enough and what went wrong. This really fucked with my mind and my perception of what was an actual healthy relationship and how you should be operating. I think in a way it made me toxic myself, to be honest. To this day, even after years of work on myself, years of therapy, years of self-discovery, understanding my worth, and refusing to date anyone even remotely toxic or not good for me, I still find myself in moments where I find it very hard to express myself, my true feelings towards someone, or opening up in general. Not because I don't want to, it's actually the opposite. I want to more than anything, but really because of fear. Fear that stems from doing it all too often with the wrong people and getting the wrong reaction. I feel like I still struggle with not shutting down when I like someone, like backing away and giving people too much space and trying not to overthink scenarios. This is the aftermath of some really horrible past situations that I have of course processed and worked through, but still I'm a work in progress every single day and now I'm just more conscious and aware of my triggers and how to communicate what I feel a little bit more effectively than I used to. The way I would approach this topic in general is first discussing what toxic even means, why do these kind of people attract you in the first place, and how to get over someone like this, in my opinion, of course. Toxic in my mind equates to someone who isn't good for you, in any way really. Emotionally they aren't available to you, physically they don't want to, can't, or won't meet your needs, and mentally they don't compliment, comprehend, or want to align with you as a person. Toxic relationships aren't black and white, right? Like we, we can't just label them that way. They can range anywhere from being abusive to manipulative to emotionally draining or even just toying with your self-worth. 
There's no definitive label of what is or isn't toxic to one person or another. So it's kind of easy to think, why would these kinds of people or relationships attract you in the first place? Let's go through it. Firstly, toxic relationships make you feel good. Actually, let me change that. Hold on. They make you feel good in the beginning. (laughs) Most toxic people are actually usually narcissistic and very good at reading you, knowing what sets you off, making you feel either super high or super low, and they use that to their advantage. They usually start off the relationship super strong and do things or say things that make you feel amazing and fall for them quickly. But they do these things in limited doses to keep you wanting more and more. That's what gets you hooked. There's a term for this nowadays, and it's called love bombing. You're showered with affection, attention, love, and everything you could ever want very early on, which could be fine for someone who's normal and has good intentions for it. But toxic people use this to manipulate you psychologically. To piggyback off this point, yes, naturally we always find interest in people who are more of a challenge or mysterious or hard to get at first. But there's a difference between this and swings of interest and disinterest constantly. If someone's being open, communicative, and showing you attention for three weeks, then goes off and cuts you off unexpectedly, and returns again with some ambiguous bullshit excuse and lack of commitment, this is toxicity. This is not somebody playing hard to get. This exact situation played out for me one too many times, and what were my initial thoughts? I can change them. I can fix them and be the one to break them out of this habit, and they will love me for it. No. (laughs) Wrong. The only thing this mentally does is ruin yourself in the process. Don't be the healer. Don't enable this type of behavior in someone. Next up, sometimes dysfunction becomes functional. It's all you know. Unfortunately, sometimes it's hard to tell if you're in a toxic relationship, especially if this is all you know. I don't talk about this quite often because it's still something hard for me to accept, but my own example growing up of my parents' relationship isn't exactly healthy. No one can technically teach you to learn to cultivate a healthy and loving relationship, but the closest thing we get to it, especially when we're young and impressionable, is the examples we see from our parents and others we observe. If there's ever abuse, either physical or emotional or manipulation, name calling, etc. in your family upbringing, it makes it even more difficult for you to decipher if your relationship is toxic or not because it's all you know. In my own example, my parents definitely provided me with a good childhood, filled with good memories, nice trips as a family, never let me go without something I needed. There was a solid base. However, their relationship with one another was a different story. I knew at a very young age, I believe it was six or so, that they loved each other, but they weren't in love with each other anymore. It was clear. I think even at six or seven years old, I asked my mom, I I wanted them to get divorced. I, I would have rather them been apart than together. Even as a child, I realized this. Um... What started from bickering here and there quickly turned into louder screams, drastic highs and lows, my mom often crying to me as a child, me needing to pick sides, and at times abuse. This unfortunately changed me and my outlook on what a healthy relationship is because this was my prime example. About 10 years ago, I only craved these types of relationships. Very high highs and very low lows. Yelling, action, drama. It's what I associated with love. Then I went through a phase where it became increasingly hard to trust men. I doubted everything they said to me because it was difficult to trust any man if I had difficulty with how my own dad treated my mom. 
and that was supposed to be the one man I could trust most in my life. Luckily, as years went on and I went through therapy, I started to notice a lot of the childhood issues in my dating history and I began to work on it more thoroughly. I changed my needs and what I look for in a partner and started noticing characteristics that triggered me or weren't part of what I needed nowadays. Now, you couldn't even pay me 100 euro to argue with someone. I despise any type of yelling, arguments, or drama, and I prefer to be in a relationship that completely contrasts what I grew up seeing. I like communication, being open, calm, and patient with each other. So, so in a way, I guess you can say that you can indeed break through the dysfunction and use it as an example of what not to do. Continuing, another reason these people could attract you is because you just feel like you don't deserve more. A lot of times you attract what you think you deserve. Self-esteem plays a major role in the type of relationships you form. We tend to teach people what we will accept from them. So if you think you deserve less, chances are you're going to settle for less. Sometimes even when you think some of your expectations are being met, you stay and hang in there even though you know you probably shouldn't. This is why it's extremely important to be in touch with yourself and your self-worth prior to entering any relationship. You got to do the work first in order to be in something that's healthy and thriving. So let's segue perfectly into looking at your own thoughts and behaviors as a source of the attraction. Oftentimes, this happens to people who are either pleasers, fixers, imposters, or perfectionists. So what does this mean? By pleasing, I mean that you worry that you have no value unless you're doing something for someone. Toxic people thrive on pleasers because they can easily take advantage of you. You could be driven by never being able to say no and thinking that doing stuff for everyone and always agreeing even when you disagree is the way to make someone happy. In terms of being a fixer, I've had this issue all my life. I actually have a lot of friends in my friend circle who have the same problem and I'm sure that they're going to smile when I'm saying this because I think they will know exactly which one of them I'm talking about. You constantly want to improve, solve problems, and fix people. You think you're going to be the one that fixes them and makes it better, and sometimes this causes you to overstep boundaries. It's the same story as with the pleasers. Toxic people love this type of personality because they can take advantage of your desire to help. You can't always fix everything. There's also the case of being a perfectionist, when you do anything in your power to not let someone down. There's a fine line between being supportive and acting like someone's other half or partner and trying to be as perfect as you can. When it shifts over to the other side, it can get toxic very fast and the wrong people can manipulate you into doing all kinds of things. The common denominator with all of these issues is working on your self-esteem. You got to get it up to a healthy level. You have to focus on yourself and set healthy boundaries in relationships and actually stick to them. Until you do this, you'll continue to opt for toxic partners and they will specifically target you. Whereas if you don't give people the opportunity to even feed off such qualities, they'll leave you alone and you'll start to notice a change in your dating and partners. But more importantly, and firstly, in yourself. So let's get to the reason you probably tuned into this episode. How do you get over someone toxic? So clearly, I'm not a therapist or a licensed professional, and to be honest, this kind of topic or hurt ranges differently for each person and how we react to it. The way that I've dealt with it may not always work the same way for the next person, but all I can do is tell you what I think works and hopefully one of the points resonates and can help you in some way. I'm actually surprised that anyone is even listening to this and taking advice from me of all people, but here we go. The first very important thing to do is build a support system. This is going to sound so cliche, but... When leaving a toxic relationship, it feels similar to breaking up, 
via healthy relationship. You feel a million different emotions that are totally normal, but not so easy to process. You can feel heartbroken, lovesick, just plain sick, sad, conflicted, angry, depressed, hurt. Yeah, the list goes on and on. There are times when you can, of course, feel relieved or excited to finally be free. But I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, that isn't the case. This is why it's so important to find a good support system, whether that be family, friends, or both, that will help remind you why it's over for the best and that you'll make it out stronger and happier. This eases a lot of distress, trust me. You need people who will stand by your side and make the lows seem a little bit higher because trust me, you're going to go through waves of having really great days and equally horrible lows where it feels like you've made no progress at all. This is totally normal. Don't feel let down. Next off is to cut off contact. Yes, this sounds harsh and it sounds very quote unquote final and it's very difficult. Yes, I do understand it and I totally get that it may sound close to impossible to entirely stop speaking to someone who was such a major part of your life before, but I promise you this step is absolutely critical. I remember when I broke up with my ex, um, it probably took me close to seven, eight, maybe nine months to actually delete his number, um, erase all of our conversations on WhatsApp and get rid of his pictures in my phone. There was something about deleting everything, getting rid of it and cutting off contact like definitely that made it seem so real and final. And for me, it was easier to just live in a state of denial because I was so convinced that it wasn't fully over. And that was the biggest mistake I made. I should have cut off contact fully and erased everything from the beginning. It may hurt at first, but it's absolutely mandatory for the long-term success of falling out of love with someone. When you keep in contact with an ex, especially one that's toxic, it literally keeps the door open to possibly letting them back in your life. Remember all of the manipulative tactics we literally just discussed that toxic people use? This is exactly the moment it's bound to happen. This moment where you feel most vulnerable and sad is the exact moment they would use. Unless you share children with this partner and you need to co-parent and all and any form of communication. Trust me, this will be the key to you moving on. With cutting off contact also comes the inevitable, unfollow them on social media. Look, we've all been here. You're scrolling through Instagram and all of a sudden your ex posts a story or a photo and you're back in this black hole of misery and overthinking the entire relationship and suddenly you miss them all over again and you're zooming into the photo and you're trying to check who they're with and you're checking the location. This is a normal human reaction when you keep them on social media and still involved in seeing your life play out as well. Think about it. The people you have on social, you're giving them access to viewing your life. It's a privilege. Until you unfollow them, it's always going to keep the memories coming and you'll have zero clear boundaries. Out of sight, out of mind. Ultimately, it will help you stop thinking of them. You also have to make sure you stay firm with the decision you've made. Let's be real here. If you're literally trying to get yourself to unlove someone you know isn't right for you, this can't be your first rodeo. There have probably been a few attempts, conversations, and trial run to get this right previously. If you're conscious of the fact that this person is toxic and wrong for you and your needs as a partner, you need to stick by your decision. Don't give in to the initial shock of them wanting to try again, improve, or see you. Especially don't have sex with them, I beg you. Toxic sex may feel good, actually it may feel amazing on your body, but it's literally poison for your mental health. Follow through on deciding to do better and trust your intuition. 
You have to be the first person to trust and believe in yourself and your choices. This kickstarts you to your self-esteem journey. So next up, seek help from a therapist or a professional. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. And actually, this was probably one of the most beneficial things I could have ever done after I was so fucked up from my ex. He was a grade A narcissist who was lying on a daily basis and probably the chemical bleach I use to clean my toilet is less toxic than him, in all fairness. After that relationship ended, I was puzzled quite a lot with myself, how I didn't see any of these qualities before while I was with him and why this stuff attracted me at all. When we broke up, it was like I began to see him in a way I never did before. Not only was he not attractive to me in any way physically, his character flaws made me gag at the thought of him. Literally, I would just think of him and it would be like, Ugh. I started seeing a therapist to help process the way in which we ended because it left me with no closure and mentally I was really screwed up. I was left with a shattered heart, huge trust issues, and the problem of finding equally loser-based rebounds just to get some instant satisfaction. Speaking to a therapist for two years really helped me in ways I can't describe. It's a non-biased individual who isn't there to judge you. They have no idea who the people you're talking about actually are. And confiding in my therapist not only helped me process my toxic breakup, she helped me understand where the need for these types of partners comes from for me personally. She brought up a lot of childhood trauma and examples which perfectly helped me comprehend why I was the way I was. And this allowed me to close this chapter and leave feeling so much more aware of myself and way more empowered also. I can't stand when people put judgment or associate therapy with the loony bin or weakness. No one, no one is ever crazy for getting help. Next up, surround yourself with positivity and know that you deserve better. This sounds simple as hell, but it's not. It's really easy to fall into the slumps of negativity, self-worth issues, and depression when you're trying to distance yourself or unlove someone. But as corny as it sounds, things like going out to eat with friends, moving your body, joining a support group, spending time with people who care about you or make you smile, going to the movies, I don't know, praying, whatever your heart desires, all of these are a great way to boost your mood and have you feeling better. After loving someone toxic, your heart and mind need healing, and that takes time. Healing looks different, completely different, for all people, whether it be going to a yoga retreat in Tibet or taking the weekend off to read a book in the park or at the beach or even spending time with your friends in a cafe. You just need to feel uplifted. Remind yourself you deserve more. Also, let's talk about expressing your feelings. So this is one thing that helps people like me who literally choke up at the start of any disagreement or argument. If you ask me after or before, I have an entire PDF of things I want to say but the minute our conversation commences, I'm at a loss for words and I stumble and forget and choke up. I hate these kind of aggressive conversations, that's why. So oftentimes, since I was unable to express myself fully, it annoyed the fuck out of me that afterwards I didn't get to say all that I wanted to say. It made me feel like I wasn't fully expressive and I left feeling a lack of closure. There are two solutions for this if you suffer from the same issue. If you happen to have a mature toxic partner who can hear you out and allow you to vocalize all that you need to say before ending it, then go for it. You get a gold star. If you're like the other 99% of us with uh, toxic people who can't listen to you, then take out a piece of paper. Write them a letter. Write down all the things you ever wanted to say. Express the shit out of your hurt, disappointment, rage, whatever. 
Pretend that it's literally going to be mailed out to them with a signature and all. Then burn it. I'm serious. Literally light it on fire and see how good you feel after. You get it all out and symbolically you let it go. I promise this is a great alternative to an in-person conversation. Try it. Just don't burn your house down. So to wrap up, getting over someone healthy isn't easy enough as it is. But when it comes to someone toxic, it may feel even harder because ultimately they're a ghost or illusion of the ideal person you may have wanted them to be or imagined that they were. None of the things we discussed today as solutions come instantly and work overnight. It takes a lot of inner work and a lot of time to realize what you're worth, what you want, deserve, and need in a person. Once you figure that part out, which takes time, then it becomes much easier to let go as early as the first signs of someone being emotionally unavailable or toxic in any way, way before falling head over heels for them. Try searching the law of detachment because this helped me a lot throughout the years, but is pretty tough to master if you're an emotional person, if I'm being honest. The most important takeaway I hope you get out of this is know that you deserve better. Many relationships, situationships, dating, or even upbringing teaches you that settling or being in unhealthy relationships is the norm and that you'll never find someone better. Don't ever believe this. Make I deserve the best your daily mantra and start believing it. Change all of your negative self-beliefs into positive ones and affirm them. This is the biggest key to getting over someone wrong for you, understanding what's right for you. Remember that toxic relationships or people offer you a type of intimacy and happiness that maybe gets you hooked, has you feeling super high at times, and helps you feel less lonely. But this is a temporary happiness. It cripples you long-term and prevents you from being in a healthy situation with someone who won't keep you on a short leash with intermediate availability when it's convenient. It feels like it goes up and down and back and forth, but the truth is they never plan to commit to you. Save yourself the heartache and disappointment. Someone who knows your worth will never risk losing you. I hope this was informative or helpful in some ways. If you've gotten this far into the episode, I want you to hang in there through whatever you're going through. I promise you that this is the first step to a better you. I wish I could give you an actual hug as we speak. Take it step by step, day by day. There will be ups and downs, but I promise you with all my heart, I've gotten through it and you will get through it. You deserve someone better and you won't have to learn how to unlove them. See you on the next one.